um, I feel like the Lord placed upon my heart to share tonight, uh, to bring before uh, this congregation. And I, uh, I, I almost went a different direction whenever I realized that the weather was going to be bad and that we may not have as many people here as what I expected. But I believe that God has, has placed this word on my heart for a reason, for someone. Maybe uh, the person that it was for decided that they were going to brave the weather and come on out tonight. So I'm going to share this tonight. And uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 and 45. Matthew 13, 44 and 45. Also, we need to continue this week to pray for our pastor while he is out of town. He's in Arizona preaching and hunting a little bit, and um, he he deserves some time, but he's also ministering while he's out and just need to continue to keep him and his family in prayer while he is uh, away for a little bit. Matthew 13, 44 through 45 says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy... He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So we're given some insight here in the scripture in Matthew where Jesus is explaining to the disciples in a very intimate setting of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And in this, in this situation, he begins to uh, speak to a part of, of the disciples as humans, not, not their spirit area, but as humans. He's speaking uh, in a way that, that begins to talk to them on a very fleshly level. You see, as, as humans, we, we have this, this, uh, this innate desire for uh, treasure, for uh, great riches, that, that each and every person here that works a job goes there, not because you just really love going and working for someone, but because you know at the end of the week there's going to be a paycheck. And uh, we, we, we all have this desire that, that, that drives us to receive something. Now, there are some that try to uh, strike it rich in different areas, and... Um, there was a lot of talk some time ago about a um, about a lottery that came through, and um, the, it was I don't know it was a few months ago. The lottery had gotten up to I think two point two billion dollars, and there were people that were going uh, by the droves to go and get tickets for this lottery because they wanted they wanted. Uh, to be able to to be able to hit it rich, to be able to get as much money at one time as they possibly could, and it was something that was that was um, striking on the on, on the psyche of the of the American people and just of of people in general, to be able to win two point two billion dollars in one setting. This total marked the largest prize in the history. Of U.S. lottery and and people gave large amounts of money for the chance to be able to win these riches and this treasure. It's told that there were two men that went in together at one time and spent nearly six hundred thousand dollars on two dollar lottery tickets for this chance to win this this lottery, this treasure, this this riches. 
as the prize number would grow, the, the, the amount uh, that people began to spend soared and uh, reached all new levels. And all kinds of records were hit whenever this Powerball was reaching this certain level. People in most conversations were talking about the Powerball. And it even reached within our church that, that uh, at the time I was attending church in Lebanon. And um, we, uh, around that time we were having our, um, our leadership retreat. And even at that leadership retreat, while we're there and we're supposed to have our mind honed in on the things of God and where God's taken the church in that year, we were talking about how much the Powerball had reached, knowing that none of us were going to buy a ticket. But just talking about it, it was conversation and, and even saying, you know, well, if I won that, which was impossible, you have to buy a ticket to win, right? If I won that, you know, this is what I would do for the church and this is how I would, I would help out. And, you know, just going on and on and on about this, this, this Powerball. While the chance of winning both of these Powerballs and both of these, these, these ways of winning was 1 in 88 quadrillion. I don't even know how many zeros that is. One in 88 quadrillion was your chance in winning. But millions and millions of Americans were running to the nearest convenience store, gas station, wherever they could go to buy these tickets for this chance, for this chance to win a treasure. There's something within us as humans, and I've already spoken this a little bit, but as humans for us to seek after a prize and after a treasure. There's stories and movies that depict pirates that are giving their life for an X on a map to try to find the hidden treasure. And, and the true stories of explorers and conquistadors who set out searching for new lands and guarded treasures. It's something within us as humans that we want to try to find the riches and the treasures that no one else has. Or maybe that someone has and we want a little part of. Our earthly and physical desires, I believe, are not all evil. That uh, I, I believe they all come from God. That, that, that our, our desires, that, that the things that our hearts long for and the things that we as humans long for, that they are things that come into us from God. But the problem lies within our flesh to direct these desires. That, that we can direct them into a direction that was not intended by God. Tonight, if I begin talking about covetousness, that, that we, would, we would look at that and we would say, you know, that's an evil thing. That, that we should not do that. It's stated in the Ten Commandments. Pastor just uh, last week, I believe, uh, preached about the Ten Commandments. And it's, it's stated in there that we should not covet. So we immediately understand that, 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 that to covet is an evil thing. Jesus reminds us in parables to beware of covetousness. And, and that Paul reminds in Romans chapter 7 to, to remember to covet is a sin. And, and, and all, all of these instructions throughout the word of God are told us not to covet. However, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, we are told to covet the best gifts. So how is it that we are not to covet and that is a sin but whenever it comes to the things of God and, and the gifts of God that we can covet that thing and what it is is that there is something innate within us as humans for us to have this desire for things within us. Okay? Are you following me? That, that covetousness is, is bad whenever I am using it for 
uh, for me to long after something in the flesh. Something that does not belong to me. Something that belongs to someone else that I do not have a hand in or, or, or the ability to receive. And I'm wanting that thing. I'm coveting that thing. But if we take this word that we think of as sinful and we turn it toward the things of the Spirit, that it's no longer sinful because we are using that, that desire within us and we are using that, that thing that, is, that, that, is, that dwells within us uh, as human beings for the purpose that God intended it. For us to want more than anything the best gifts, the gift that God has set for us. It is a reminder that there are things within us that if directed towards the flesh is sinful. But if we direct them in the spirit, that it will bring you to a place where God wants you to be, intends for you to be, and has something great for you. In the same way, there is a desire within us to seek after treasures. That if I told any one of you that in the front seat of my car was a gold bar and the first one to make it there would receive it. Nobody jump up. I'm not that cool. But if I told you that and you really believed it, we would be making mad dashes out the door looking for the gold bar. And I would be right there with you. <laughs> because we, 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 we have an innate desire to seek after treasures in this life, riches within this life. But there is a treasure, there is a treasure and a prize that is greater than anything that you can ever receive within the flesh that this world can never give you. There is a hidden treasure that when found, you will be able to give up and be willing to give up everything in your life for. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus shares some parables. He's on a boat and, 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 he, and he's, he's teaching a great crowd and that, that's gathered there on the shore in front of him. And, and he shares parables to them in, in a way that, that they can understand and be able to understand the things of God and, and the things of heaven. And finally, the crowd begins to disperse. And in a private moment with the disciples, Jesus explains another parable. He says to them he, that, that, the, that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. He's, he's speaking to their humanity. He says, listen up. Listen to me. I have something very important to share with you. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys that field. I, I'm, I'm like pastor in the way that whenever I read the Bible and I read stories and, 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 and I try to put myself in, in that scenario. And, and I try to put myself in the scenario of the man who finds this treasure hidden in a field. And, and if I was, it, it, we're, we're looking at, at some properties right now that, that we may one day want to purchase for the church. And, and if I was walking through one of those fields and, and, and observing the land and noticed that there was some oil maybe bubbling up out of one. Okay, there's a treasure hidden in the field. I would come back and I would tell pastor, I don't care what we got to sell. I don't care what we got to get. We've got to buy this field because there's more on it than just property for us to build a building there's there's a treasure within it that we 
need to grab a hold of. The Bible says that this man, after finding this treasure, that he goes and he sells everything and he buys that field. Because to the outside he was just purchasing a field, but he knew that within it was greatness and was a great treasure that was hidden from the rest of the world, but he understood and wanted to have a part of. And then Jesus transitions right into this next parable, and he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Jesus, in this moment, sitting in this intimate setting with his disciples, the, those that have given up everything and begin to follow after him, the, the ones that he has been teaching and, and showing the way, he's, he's sitting here and he's talking to them, and he begins to, to, to appeal to their human desire for treasure and for riches, knowing that they have given up everything, knowing that they have given up their, their jobs and their way of living and, and anything that they had, they've given it all up and begin to follow him. And he says, I'm going to appeal to this human desire to seek after treasure and riches because I know it's still there within them. It's important to realize something out of these parables that when the man found the treasure in the, in the field, as Jesus is, is beginning to tell the story to the disciples, that, that he, he, he gets to the story of the man that finds the treasure in the field, and he doesn't say the man finds the treasure, and he digs it up, and he hides it in his cart, and he takes it home with him and forgets about the field. That's one way that the story could have went. It's possible that the man could have stolen the thing that was valuable, and taken it home and forgotten about the field. But Jesus said he did not steal the treasure. This was not an option for him. Because, see, it's representing the things of God and, and the kingdom of heaven. And these things that God has for us and, and this treasure that God has for us in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, they are not things that can be taken or can be stolen or cheated or swindled or even begged for. But they are things that God has readily available for us. If we will seek after them and we will begin to find them and we will take hold of them and we will sacrifice for them. God has a treasure and riches for each and every one of us in this house. When you find the treasure of the kingdom of God, there is only one way to receive it, and it is through sacrifice. That we must release things for us to receive what God has for us. When you begin to understand what God has for you and, and the, the treasure that God has for you in your life and in your family and in every situation that you're in, suddenly all of the other things around you, all of the other things in life, all of the other things that you've been searching for are no longer necessary or important to you any longer. That there is a treasure that outweighs your friends and your vices and your addictions and your fun and your entertainment. Suddenly, all of these things pale in comparison to the treasure that is waiting for you in the kingdom of heaven. 
I'm sure that there are people here tonight that can testify that this earthly, fleshly, physical desire for treasure will lead you down a road that will appear to be fun and exciting. But at the end of the day, will lead you to hurt and pain and disappointment. But the moment that you transition your sights from the flesh to the spirit, the moment that we learn to take our sights and, and, and this, this innate desire for treasure from the things of the flesh to the things of the Spirit, we open up a world and an opportunity for us to receive some incredible things that God has for us. You recognize that a treasure and a prize exists that far outweighs anything that this world could ever offer you. You suddenly are okay with getting rid of some, of some things to receive the things that God has for you. In this world, there's, there's all kinds of opportunity. And there's all kinds of ways that we can seek after treasures. And whenever I say treasures, I don't mean I don't necessarily mean uh, stacks of gold. That's great, you know. I'm sure that we would all enjoy finding that in our backyard, right? Come on, let me let me get an amen. All right, but I, I'm I'm not just talking about that. But there's there's all kinds of things in our life that brings us what we believe to be joy and excitement, entertainment and fun. All kinds of things that, that we hang on to and, and, and we hold very dear to us. Things that, that maybe the Word of God, maybe the Word of God speaks directly against it and maybe there's not a direct verse that you can find that says that you shouldn't do this thing. But you know, you know that it is not of God. And we hang on to those things and, and they bring us pleasure and, and, and they bring us some entertainment and some fun. But what it is, is that while we are hanging on and desiring after those things, we are closing up the opportunity to be able to seek after the true treasure that God has for us. That there is an opportunity, that there is a treasure, that there is that there's riches in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven that God has, that He wants to open up to us. But first... Bible says that he must increase, but I must decrease. That there are some things that I've got to release and let go of and get out of my life and create a void and opportunity for God to move in and to do something great, something greater than this world could ever offer me. There's only so much that this world can do. There's only so much that this world can give us. I believe that Paul recognized that Philippians 3 and 7 and 8, verses, chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, for His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. Check this out. And count them as rubbish, as trash in order that I may gain Christ. That Paul reached a place that he said, all of the things in the world that this world could ever give me, I'm throwing it out. I'm saying I don't want it. There's not a, a, an amount of fun that I can have or entertainment 
that could, that could be brought to me that's worth my salvation. That's worth what God has for me. Paul is saying there are some things that I, that I once treasured, that I once said I can't live without this, that I held very dear in my life. But when it was compared to what there was to gain in Christ, that I realized that all these other things are just trash. And I'm willing to take it away. And I'm willing to throw it out. And I'm willing to release it so I can receive everything that God has for me. We as a, as a church, as a body, as individuals have to get to a point where we're willing to sacrifice everything, anything that hinders us from being able to receive everything that God has for us. That there's got to come a day where we say, I I know that, that this, this has been important to me, and I know that this has been fun for me, but today's the day that if I have to release this, and I've had these things in my life, if I have to release this for God to do the work that He wants to do, I'm willing to throw away what I once treasured as trash so that I can receive everything that God has for me. Likewise, in the story of the pearl of great value, the merchant spent his entire life searching for fine pearls. It's plural. I think, I think every time that something like this is mentioned in the Bible that it's mentioned on purpose. The Bible says that he spent his entire life looking for fine pearls in the plural. Looking for many things that he could use to fill a void within his life. Searching for treasures and prizes. Things that would make him feel as if he had accomplished his purpose. While looking and accumulating many things of value, this person finds one pearl of great value. And this one pearl, this one thing, means so much that he's willing to sell everything else that he's ever looked for in order to go back and buy the one. He recognized the value of the one over the many. And he sold all that he had and gave it all up for the one thing that was worth oh so much. There are many things in this life that satisfy the flesh, that makes us feel accomplished, that makes us feel like we are who we are, that identify us. We can spend a lifetime accumulating these things that seem valuable to us when one day during our search for something to make us feel whole, we come across something that makes everything else dim in comparison. Is there anyone in the house tonight that was out searching one day and you walked into a church and you begin to feel something? There was a spirit that came over you. There was something that came into you that was different than anything that you've ever found before and you recognized in that moment that there was an opportunity for you to receive something that was greater than anything that this world could give you and coming to an altar of prayer you begin to lift up your hands and the spirit of God begin to move through you and as you released some of those things as you threw some of those things out that you made a void that God could fill with one thing that was of great value 
Are there some people here tonight that can testify of that? Amen. We can spend our lifetime accumulating things. But there has to come a day. There has to come a time that we step back and we say these things are nothing compared to the one thing of great value that God has for me. Tonight, I want you to know that that in this house there is a treasure. And while we have been searching for something, while each and every one of us have been searching for something that this world cannot give us. The world has has tried to give us pain and heartache and addiction and problems. There's a treasure that God has for you. That when we find it, that when you find it, that when we as a body begin to discover it, that we will be willing to release everything else to take hold of that one great thing. I'm coming to a close if musicians would come. Something something that I recognized about these stories that that is similar and at the same time is is different is that in the field, in the field, the man is not looking for a treasure. That the Bible does not say that he is out in the field digging, looking for a treasure, but it says that he comes across it, that he finds a treasure. That throughout his normal activity, he comes across this great treasure in this field where he decides, I'm going to get rid of everything that I thought meant something to me but does not near add up to this great treasure that I found and I'm going to go and I'm going to buy the field I'm going to sacrifice some things and and take a hold of what it is that is of great value in front of me that this opportunity that I have while in the story of the pearl the merchant is out searching for something and when he finds it he realizes it's worth more than anything else that he has ever come across That he is willing to sacrifice everything to receive this one great thing. In both stories, the men recognized that to have the one true treasure, that there was something that they had to sacrifice, that they had to release. Whether you're searching for it tonight, whether you've come into this house looking for the thing, or maybe You're just moving along and have come across it. Either way, there has to come a moment that we find in both of these stories where the person, the man, decides this this one thing is worth so much value that I'm willing to release everything else to have it. That I'm willing to give up whatever it is so that I can have the one true treasure in my life. They, these two men reached a place where they said everything else in my life is trash compared 
to the greatness of this one treasure. Tonight, as we, this is not how I usually end this sermon. Normally, there's a call, a, a pull to the altar for people to release things out of their life, and we have an altar call, and we pray, and, and it's very apostolic, all right? But tonight, if you'll stand with me, what I want us to do is as we begin this year, as we begin this new year, that we both individually, individually and as a body of believers, as a church, as a congregation, but again, also individually, will find those things within our life that maybe have been holding us back from being able to receive everything that God has for us. I, I don't think that it's just words on the page where it says that they gave up all to go and receive the one true treasure. The one treasure that was greater than anything else. I don't believe that it's just words on the page, but that it, it is an understanding that whenever we get to the place for God to take us to a new level and to begin to open up things for us and to begin to pour out things for us, that we have to get to a mindset to receive it. I believe that God is standing at the edge of heaven today and He's ready to open up a revival like we've never seen upon this entire earth, but also includes O'Fallon, Missouri. He's waiting on a congregation. He's waiting on a people. He's waiting on a person maybe even to say that last thing. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to turn it away. I'm going to sell it all. And I'm going to go and I'm going to take the one thing that God has designed for me. The one treasure that's greater than anything this world can give me. What I want us to do tonight is instead of calling an altar call and us coming around the front, I want us to just take some inventory of some things in our life that, that maybe we could do without. And I, I'm not talking about necessarily physical things, just, just some stuff maybe that's even in our mind that infiltrates us, that takes our time, that, 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 that takes away from the things of God that need to be released, sacrificed at the altar of the true treasure that God has for us. That as we begin through this year, as we begin through this new year that is set before us, that we will be operating in a spirit and in a way that God has prepared for us to receive something more than we've ever received, to do more than we've ever done, to reach further than we've ever reached. In the name of Jesus, I know that it's able. I know that He's able. I know that we're able through His power and His ability. Come on, right now, can we lift our hands all across this place and begin to pray to God. Lord, open my eyes to see, God, what it is, Lord, that I need to sell off, that I need to get rid of, that I need to let go of. Lord, show me, God. Help me, Lord, to realize what it is, Lord, that I've always treasured, but it's really just trash, God.